Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer style uh, of content that followed my discussion of the end game in Anthem. So the questions we're going to be going through were submitted by live viewers. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can be part of those live viewers by tuning in twitch.tv slash say no to rage. If I'm not live, tune in and click the follow button. So maybe you could take part in some of these discussions to be covering Anthem, Division 2, and Destiny, as well as other games. And going to jump right into the questions here. Basically, I just discussed the end game and said I felt like their video outlined a lot of the good variety and depth. And I said a lot of the folks taking issue with there only being three strongholds and no raid were thinking of like uh, Destiny player. And that the, the breadth of Anthem's content will always stay relevant to you with the layers of difficulty that can be increased and matched to where you are, as well as the... The, the things they're already planning to add going beyond the contract strongholds, the challenges, levels of Grandmaster for free play, as well as all those strongholds and contracts and challenges, and then the cataclysms as well. So let us jump right into the questions. Uh, Linear Leaner says, do you think people are getting caught up with the phrase at launch? Considering the roadmap, it appears to me that they have stuff near ready and they are not releasing it at launch to use their time better. Do you think they are knocking out the kinks because they uh, because the true depth of the end game doesn't need to release for three to five weeks after launch? Okay, I think there's a lot of layers. There's a lot of sort of lanes of incentive when they do this sort of thing. I think you're right on one on one like lane of it. One layer they're saying we don't want people to get the game and burn through it in literally a month. So they stagger. I think staggered content is smart because if not, you can get really disjointed. The 10 hour a day player is over and done within the game in a month. And then the more casual player base is like, I'm not even close to being done. And I think that can lead to a fragmented player base. Trickling content keeps everybody a little bit closer together. Almost like if it's, if you imagine a Venn diagram just continuing off to one side, like a circle, then another circle, then another circle, then another circle. Every time that Venn diagram moves, there's like players that are further ahead, players that are further behind, and then there's that core in the middle of overlap. Of like the casual and kind of hardcore players coexisting in that overlap, whether they're you're keeping them in close proximity. I think trickling the content helps with that, and with a game that is doing matchmaking for literally everything, I think that's a really, really smart play. The other thing you have to consider is, it's going to be a game as a service. It's like a hobby that you're that you're adding to your, your gameplay loop. And when you do this, I think a game that sets the tone of, of rhythm right out of the gate, the reason I think that's so important is player habits can fall in line with that. Destiny, I think, has struggled because of that. They had the launch that people burned through, and then they thought, oh, Dark Below is going to be this great new DLC. It's really going to add to the grind, and it didn't. House of Wolves didn't. And then by the time you get to the Taken King, the drought has been so long, it's like gulping down a gallon of water in a desert. You drink it so fast, you don't really get to enjoy it. And that's essentially the pattern that kind of got set with Destiny. And in Anthem, they can set that stage of saying, hey, the trickle, this is how things come. This is kind of the pace with which you play. If you play really, really fast, you're going to you're going to potentially hit a ceiling faster than everybody else. But I think the difficulty structure and the four javelins is going to keep even the most hardcore player 
from feeling like, oh, there's literally nothing for me to chase or do, and then the cataclysms and the seasonal, and then the that seasonal content can come in and and freshen things up a bit, give them new things to do and chase, so it doesn't get so it doesn't get so rehearsed. But again, the difficulty spectrum keeps it from being rehearsed because you can go through and do lots of different pieces of the content instead of a small circle of content that becomes relevant. Oh, I'm in the end game now. Nightfall's raid. Nightfall's raid. Instead, it's, oh, I'm in the end game now. I increase the difficulty. I can do contracts. I can do challenges. I can do free play. I can do strongholds. Cataclysms are on the horizon. I can do all of this. And then the whole game feels completely and utterly different when I switch from my ranger to my colossus to my storm. So there's a lot of freshness to the, the ground level work that they've done with this game and I think that trickle content just works really really well with hobby style games as opposed to like a waterfall here's everything and then the casual players like Gemini frick I'm never going to get through any of this and the hardcore players like yum and they devour it and then a month and a half two months later they're like what do you got next and like well we gave you literally everything everything so you have to wait four months for a dlc so the the structure that i see being so much better for these games i'm saying that as a four-year veteran of destiny who has seen all the different delivery types and i believe the annual pass is a much better delivery type that will get better with time as it already i think is more in line with the habits of the players that play the game every day and every week T-Funk says, do you think Grandmaster 1 through 3 will not will be nut-crushing content? Do you think you would engage with uh, the content if it requires voice-along with nut-crush? Here's the thing. T-Funk's getting at something that I talk about a lot on my stream. And as an interactive streamer that tries to have almost like a radio show, I don't like running raids and like highly communication oriented content for that reason. It's a very, very sharp shift. It's one of the reasons why when I go to like a BR, it's, it's jolting for me as well as the stream. I usually slate that stuff for late afternoon because in the late afternoon we start to lose our lurkers anyway. So that value point going down is in line with the behavior of the audience. But... In Anthem, I do think eventually you'll get players and competent players and competent builds where you won't have to talk too, too much. Now, Grandmaster 3, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get super arrogant here, but I think even, even the, even Grandmaster 3, I think will settle into a rhythm for competent players when I go in with the Colossus and you're on Storm and somebody else is on Ranger, we're all so strong that we can kind of hold our own. It's the transitional phases that I think will be the hardest. Getting strong enough to do Grandmaster 1 and then transitioning from Grandmaster 1 to 2, those transitional fra- phases will be the hardest because you're like, well, hard and, and or Grandmaster 1 is so manageable. We're doing just fine. We're barely saying anything. Um, let's try the next difficulty. So I think for myself... I might be a more slow burn with progress because I'm going to focus so much on having the communication, creating the content, talking with you guys, doing question and answer, doing episodes, that I might say, yeah, you know, once a week or at these times in these in these play sessions, I really open it up and I go in with high-level competent players and I try and... I try and get the content done. Also consider the fact that if I'm progressing slower and then, pl- and then I open it up for players to come in and play... A, two, a, a three-man team that's playing and stronger than me and more more adept than I am at the stronghold could carry a lot of what's going on. Because for me, 
a, a lot of the times that's what happens anyway I'm talking I'm discussing and the players who play the content more than me are usually in the background kind of carrying I mean I could see players like the players I play with Milo uh, Wob, Max playing with me here if they're playing the content strongholds at Grandmaster 2 more than me, when I finally decide to jump in, they're probably going to have the rhythms, the builds, all that down, and I just am kind of along for the ride. I think when you want to be the first, that's when you will meet those walls, and it will feel like a nut crusher. You'd be like, I'm not ready yet. I need to spend more time at hard, really beefing myself up. And that, to me, is really fun. If you beef yourself up and you take your time to get stronger and stronger and stronger, I think that's really satisfying as much as somebody else might find it satisfying to go in a little bit early into the content and get their face punched in, you know. I think I think I think there's I think there's room for both. So, Super Slate says, "Do you know how well the game runs on standard consoles? The open demo didn't run well for me." I think there were two things going on both on console and PC. I think there's optimization that needs to come. When I played at the capture event, it felt a whole lot more optimized. And number two, I think that the servers were related to that. Even the servers in the Division 2 beta were causing issues with frame rate performance. I I mean, I literally had the official Division Twitch account come into my stream and warn me and say, hey long play sessions lead to server side issues causing frame rate performance to diminish and I think similar things were potentially happening in Anthem I am confident they can get it to the place where it's I think I'm confident I can get it to the they they can get to the place where it's optimized and runs well on PC I happen to think some of the effects need to be toned down. Some of the particle effects and lightning effects and things need to be toned down a little bit on console. I primarily think that's what causes the frame rate issues because you're basically just throwing a lot at the consoles and it's it just it it bogs them down. If you want proof of how the consoles can get bogged down by you know environmental effects, just remember the smoke at Siege Engine causing huge frame drops in Destiny. Go do the Witch's Ritual on Titan, and all the explosions and all the effects cause lots of frame rate issues. So I would say, between optimization and server side issues being resolved and bettered, I, I don't, I don't have any doubt this game will run well. How long is the story content from Lightning Joe? I do not know. Death says, "Is the screen shake getting addressed? It made me a little sick." Yes. Unfortunately, we'll have to wait one week. On the 22nd, there will be a patch that goes out that will enable a screen shake slider. I also believe that's when they will truly let you turn off motion blur uh, because it was linked to post-processing as well as the motion blur setting. That was the only way to get the motion blur not all the way off, but like super turned down. And that combined with screen shake being turned down, I think will be really, really nice. Morecat. Do you see the end game of Anthem being a loop that one could easily get burnt on, or will it be one that continuously engages a player? Thank, thinking bad RNG on drops. Here's the thing. I, I touched on this a little bit ago. I think the variety of the javelins will keep things fresh for you, because once you get a javelin to where you really like his loadout, you got to imagine something. you got to imagine getting to a place where you're like, this is the loadout that I like. And this is another loadout that I like, but I don't use this unless I'm playing this content over here. There's five total loadouts per javelin you can kind of have preset. And I believe favoring debt primer as well as favoring raw abilities. I think a lot of people are going to have like two to three loadouts per javelin depending on the content they're going into. 
On top of that, once you get the loadout you like, you have to chase the top shelf gear if you're going to go beyond like the hard difficulty. Okay? Everything I'm saying pertains to one javelin. If you get to that point, you're kind of like, okay, I'm a little tapped out. I like this build. It's really fun. Now I want to try this other javelin. If each javelin is is that lengthy sort of long grind of getting your different loadouts, getting the different playstyles that you like, the different the different content sort of influencing those decisions along with you chasing top level gear for the loadouts that you've decided that you like. I happen to think that's going to take you a really long time and I don't think you will get burned out. The reason that I think you won't get burned out is because when you grind a, de- a, a Destiny player, a Destiny character, the game feels different, but not from the top to the bottom. I feel like when I switched from a, from a Colossus to a Ranger, my entire experience changed. The engagements are different. They play different. They flow different. What you are doing is different. It's not just, oh, I have a super that's a little bit different now. I'm not knocking Destiny, but the difference between the grind for a Titan and a hunter the difference is very very minimal why 90% of the time you're just shooting guns and the guns are they're all the same across the board the difference between using a colossus and a ranger is so 100% different because of the way you engage the way you fly the way you move the way you dodge how you keep yourself healthy the actual abilities you use are completely different so burnout happens but i think in anthem there's a lot in place to keep burnout from happening very quickly we have to be realistic you will hit a ceiling you will get burned out and bored every game has that ceiling i'm not going to sit here and 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 try and claim some sort of delusional outlook on this game like it's never going to get old you will hit a ceiling it happens but the question is how long does it take to get there and is is that in sync with when they deliver new stuff the Gale. Did they change the requirements to get into Grandmaster 2 and 3? I thought you needed to have a Javelin rating of Masterwork to go into those difficulties. No, it was always Epic, then then Masterwork, then Legendary. Grandmaster 1 was always Epic in every screenshot I saw. Epic is like all purple gear, or at least a rating that has enough purple gear to take you up to Epic. Then it was Masterwork, then it was Legendary. The thing that I still need to explain to me Grandmaster 1 is 150% health and damage bonus to the enemies with an increase in masterwork drop rate, okay? Then Grandmaster 2, they like they they rate they raise it even more for the health and, and and enemies like damage and stuff. It almost doubles, but you only get like a 50% bump to masterwork drops. I don't understand that. I don't know why you would ever play Grandmaster 2. Ha- there has to be a clear and definitive reason to play Grandmaster 2 because the difference in the drop rates is marginal but the difference in the, in the enemy's health and damage is significant so they're going to have to make that less dissonant or explain it or again why am I going to get decked out in Masterwork and increase difficulty to just chase more Masterworks I thought the point would be to start chasing Legendaries so maybe that's what they're leaving out of the flavor text is that when you go to Grandmaster 2 Legendary drop rate increases so that's why you that's why you really want to raise it. So Wolf How Games. Given that difficulty does not affect legendary drops, just masterwork, the worry that endgame content isn't there is very misleading since legendaries will drip feed. Do you think people will walk away if legendaries are too hard to get? 
again, I just touched on this. I didn't know this was the next question. I just touched on this. I think there will be... They're going to have to do something with legendary drop rates in Grandmaster 2 as a bridge to Grandmaster 3. I, well, I just have to wait and see. Uh, Miru West. How do you feel about bullet sponge gameplay versus mechanic-driven gameplay related to endgame Grandmaster 3? Well, we're going to have to get there, but here's what I think. And this is a criticism that I lobbied at Division 2, and I used Anthem as an example. If everything scales, okay, if I'm efficiently using my abilities and killing things at, at hard, okay, and then I start to get epic level gear that makes hard kind of a joke, and then I go into Grandmaster 1, and I start to get masterwork abilities, my thought would be that eventually the masterwork abilities will drop scaled to the damage output necessary to deal with the enemies in front of me. Does that make sense? So it's like, I'm not saying that Grandmaster 2 and 3 are going to run just as fast as hard, but I think eventually it'll get close because everything scales. Your masterwork abilities, like, let's just take an example. At hard, if I'm running a Colossus with epic level gear and I'm running the flamethrower and the lightning coil, there is a speed with which I do damage that is in line with hard and I'm running epic level damage output. I go into Grandmaster 1, I'll feel weaker, but eventually the idea would be I'm going to have a Masterwork Flamethrower, a Masterwork Lightning Coil. That damage bump, that efficiency bump on those items and abilities would then meet and match and create efficiencies in in harmony with that in-game content. So I would still be doing the same combat. It would be harder. The numbers would be bigger. I'd have to maybe be a little bit more intelligent until I'm fully decked out, but it all scales. That was my concern about the Division 2. It was like, if in the early game my abilities are trash and not influential, and then I play the end game sampling of your beta, and my abilities barely show up or on a slow interval and don't seem all that impactful... It's the, the abilities don't play a big enough role in Division. That was kind of my criticism. In Anthem, you can catch a glimpse. You're like, okay, my abilities are showing up at this rhythm and they do this much damage output. If I start to go in the harder difficulties, I'm going to get gear to drop to raise my mod components and my railgun and my flamethrower and all those things are going to go up to meet that level of difficulty. That's why I hate Delta. This isn't Delta. This is a spiral staircase that you can climb, meet the difficulty, go to the next one, climb, meet the difficulty, climb, go to the next one, and you're getting stronger and stronger. Photo 17. Do you think free play will have more enemies than we saw in the E3 demo? Yes. There's also tons more areas to go. St. Guardian. With them adding story content post-launch, what pace are you hoping for, and what do you think is reasonable? I think if every month they're doing a little bit of something, and then they're adding some of those, you know, having some of the cataclysms, I think we'll be in good shape. Now, there might be bigger things every quarter, and then the months that follow, it's a little bit more of a trickle, it's a little bit thinner, but that's okay. I think there's going to be rises and falls of substance in any game. There's always going to be those injections of substance and then there's going to be the more rhythmic, more thin content that you kind of run as a loop. There's nothing wrong with that. By the way, if you're just tuning in and you're watching this, the game's not live. It goes live this Thursday. I will be playing and covering it. This is a live broadcast. I'm taking questions from the audience. If you like this kind of interactive style of content, I will be doing this all throughout the launch weeks of Anthem and beyond. I play the game. I take your questions. We discuss things. It's a really good time. Click the follow button if you're enjoying this. It's a free way to support what I do. I plan to give you a hub of content so you can come in, 
ask your questions, have a great discussion, and enjoy not just watching the stream, but partaking in it as well. I'm trying to keep my hands in the camera so people know that I'm not presently playing. I'm, I'm having a discussion and running footage. Uh, more chips and cheese. Are the difficulty levels increased? So if I'm level normal, I will not run into someone hard mode in free play. Well, it scales. It, it scales. So if you play with your buddy and he's and he's really, really high level and he's out in the world set on hard mode and you're on normal, you won't get instance into his area. If you set your free play to normal, everybody in your free play environment will have set the same thing. They will have they will have they will have done the same thing. Chevy, I freaking hate you. Uh so I you're you that's not gonna happen. Now if you voluntarily join your friend and he takes you into free play and takes it all the way to Grandmaster One, well, you better suck it up, cupcake. You're gonna get your face beat in, right? You're going where you ought not go yet. Reverse it. If your buddy joins you and he's really strong and you set it to hard, you've just gotten to where you can handle hard, but he's scaled, he, he can beat Grandmaster 2 stuff. He will have an experience that scales to him, so he's not just one-shotting everything, but you will experience it at hard. You're like, I can handle hard, I'm pretty good, let's go play hard. He's not going to go into hard and feel like it's a joke. It will scale to him for him, but not for you. Sleeper says, could Anthem World's first strongholds, contracts, cataclysms, ETC be embraced by the community similar as Destiny World first raid clears, uh, seeing as how difficult Grandmaster 3 will be? See, this is where I feel like they're missing out on something magical that happened with Destiny. They should have said, gear up and get ready, freelancers. At this date and time, Grandmaster 2 goes live in this stronghold. And the following day, Grandmaster 2 goes live in this next stronghold. They're not leveraging Twitch in the right way. My feedback to them right now would be to say, it's kind of too late. They, They would be going back on their word, but they should have said, this date and time, this stronghold gets Grandmaster 2. And then this date and time, this one gets Grandmaster 2. And then the next week or two weeks later, they could do the same thing with Grandmaster 3. There's three strongholds. They could have three days of like, let's see what teams can knock this out of the gate first. World's first, you know, gets X, Y, and Z or whatever. Because now it's literally just going to be people no lifing the game. And the first, the first team to get Grandmaster 2 and then 3, well, who cares? Oh, you got Grandmaster 3 there? Yeah, big whoop. We did this stronghold before you did a day ago on Grandmaster 3 because there's three of them. World's first Cataclysm, yes. World's first Grandmaster 3 Stronghold, no. Right, I think the community is going to care a whole lot less about the Strongholds. I think they could have cared, but for whatever reason, they kind of gave in and they said, no, they'll all be available at launch. There'll still be teams that get to brag about being World's first if that's even tracked by BioWare. If it's not tracked by BioWare, then we're never going to know. Because you could do it on stream and be like, well, we're the first documented case of a Grandmaster 3 Stronghold completion but there could be some team in Germany that did it yesterday and no one would know if without internal data from, you know, from Bioware being made public. Laska PL, what do you think about zero info on the raid at the moment? They have not said there is a raid. They said there will be raid level content. So angry Pete, pure opinion between PC and PS4. Where do you think the most vibrant community will be? Would hate to pick up PS4, but everyone playing it on PC. I think it's going to be a pretty even split to be fair. I think PlayStation 4 has something in its corner. Lots of consoles in circulation. Xbox has something in its corner. It has EA access and Sony doesn't. 
the PC has something in its corner, Origin Premiere, which is a week early launch date. I they've got a really really good I think good triangle of reasons that there'll be a lot of people on every platform. Sony's always going to have that in its corner. They have a good saturation hold in the marketplace. Like a lot of PlayStation 4s are in circulation. So I don't know where the biggest will be. If I had to guess, I would think Xbox might actually be very close to like tying PC and might pull ahead just because console players, I think, may gravitate to this game a little bit more. But then I say that and I think, man, it's gonna, it could have a really hardcore grind. Those layers of difficulty may be very appealing to PC players and the origin's nice. I definitely think Sony's gonna be smaller than the rest because I think the initial reception of the game is gonna be a little bit hindered because of no early access. But again, they have so many consoles in circulation, they might win by default. I don't know. I don't know. Bosser says, can we upgrade our legendary gear to max level or like Borderlands when you get to level 25 legendary gear can't be, you can't bring it to level 30. Well, this is where the blueprints come in handy. So let's say you get a piece of epic gear and it's purple and you really like it and you're, I don't know if epic gear can drop. Let's just imagine epic gear can drop when you're like level 27. Well, you get to level 30, if you've done the challenges, you and you've unlocked the blueprint for this epic level shotgun, you should be able to then craft that epic level shotgun at your current level. So there's reasons, that's one of the reasons to do the blueprints, is to get get that ability to have that kind of control over your loot. The homie Chevy says, On Twitter, they verified you aren't going to be able to solo queue into a stronghold. Do you feel this is a mistake? From a hardcore player perspective, taking away from low man challenges as well as general solo play saddened me. Thoughts on essentially forcing people to matchmake? First and foremost, I want to establish that a hardcore player base is important before I say what I'm about to say. I think a hardcore player base is important to have, and I think this game's difficulty spectrum and structure of content will very smartly land on the spectrum of player. But I also think that the people that want to do one-man strongholds are 1% of a 1%. And I, I love you, but you don't matter in the grand scheme. Now, you could get your way later on down the line. I think initially out of the gate, what they want is a full funnel of players. They want the funnel full so anybody playing gets thrown in with other players and can enjoy the content. It's all about combos. It's all about cooperative play. Now, you might push back and say, well, Lono, if they're 1% of a 1%, why does it matter? I just think in general, you never want to segment your community right away. Call of Duty has limited game modes when it's launches for a reason. Fill the funnel, get people into games, high exposure increases chances of loyalty, okay? Later on down the line, they could say, hey, lots of people have bested all the grandmasters. We're now going to allow you to go into these privately if you'd like to give you the opportunity to do low man challenges, a two man grandmaster three, you know, a solo grandmaster one, whatever. I think that could come down the line. I don't think they're writing it off completely because I mean, I would love to see a highlight highlight reel of of Chevy and Glad. I, can't, I hate watching Glad now without his beard. Like, his, his face is just hideous. Please grow the beard back, Glad. Like, just, or go camless, you baby face. I'm kidding. Um, but I would love to watch a highlight reel of Chevy and Glad two manning something, or, you know, freaking, freaking Slayer Raid soloing something, or whatever the frick, right? 
I, I that that would be I think fun and you know what that does that does what destiny has has captured and harnessed there's this community driven intrigue and interest of like hey look at look at what so and so did and then people are like I want to try that right or I want to do that you know what else it does oh dude if they could do it two man we could do it three man you know so I love how hard Chevy laughed at that. He said it's so accurate. I'm always a fan of beards. I can't stand when Clintus shaves his beard off, uh, when Glad shaved his off. These lack beards, man. Get those beards back on your faces. Bullseye. What would be the ideal gaming session for you in the endgame? And what are you thinking you're going to be doing three to ten hours while playing endgame? I have zero clue. Um, I have zero clue. Um, I would think that... I mean, an ideal gaming session would be one where I feel like I didn't get done with everything. So let's say I pick my Colossus and I run and I run each stronghold. I do a couple. I do a couple uh, contracts and then maybe a couple challenges. Get some grind on. Feel like I could check a couple boxes. Got a couple things done. You know, welcome back, Enviro. And I think I miss. I miss some subs. Uh, organic hatch and k-pits i am sorry i missed your subs that to me is an ideal thing so then the next day i come back and i'm like okay i'm gonna work on uh i'm gonna work on my my ranger today i'm gonna do a couple of strongholds a couple of contracts a couple of challenges and then rotate tomorrow rogue calypso welcome back thank you again rogue calypso sntr presents looks this crispy and nice because of some graphic design that rogue did as a mock-up um i won't forget that so I think when you when you have the four javelins and the four different playstyles and the different and the different pieces of the game, I think there's a lot of chance for you like what matters to you. And what matters to you is what you chase, and I think that's when players really start to catch the vision for loot pursuit and loyalty weaving together into a really happy marriage. If you couldn't give a frick about the interceptor, but you love your storm. Well, then grind the ever-loving heck out of your storm. Same goes for all the other javelins. Like you may have two or three that you love and one that you're not a fan of. Like that allows you to do that. Now, I think the people that are going to get the most burned out are going to be people that say, "Oh, I main storm." Okay. Well, you're probably going to be the fastest to burn out because you're going to be constantly playing Storm, constantly playing those abilities, constantly embracing that playstyle and that engagement style, and then you're going to get burned out faster than the guy rotating through his javelins. So, because people come in all the time, like, "What are you going to main? What are you going to main? What are you going to main?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I'll probably rotate between a couple. They, they all seem like they're fun." Now there's one I'm probably going to play the least of, Interceptor. I just didn't I just did not enjoy myself nearly as much, but there are people that think the exact opposite of me. They can't get enough of Interceptor. So I think people really need to abandon the idea of like, oh, I'm going to main I'm going to main Ranger. I'm going to main Colossus. You're going to burn yourself out, man. Play them all, rotate. Don't, you know, play however you want, but anticipate what you're going to do to your experience when you limit it. Okay? That's on you. You can't turn and look at Bioware and say, yeah, I'm just burned out, nothing left to do, and you've been grinding one javelin for a month and haven't touched the other three. That's on you. So. Yeah, I mean, people in chat are saying, Interceptor's Bay, love the Interceptor. Do you know why that's so good to see? 
I, here's the thing. Don't have a main. Don't limit your experience. But the tribalism about the javelins is a sign they've made really, really good classes. Because when your affinities are sort of ugh, rubbed the wrong way or, oh, yes, I love playing this way. That means they've designed really, really good javelins. Because then you 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 feel the, the, the javelin is a representation of you. It's an extension of you because it touches down on playstyle, sentimentality, you know, engagement, engagement preferences that you've pulling in from other games you've played in the past. Right. When I play as the Interceptor, I'm like, ah, I didn't like Krieg in Borderlands. I was never really a fan of melee classes. Don't really like this. I was never a barbarian in Diablo either. But man, these people that love melee classes, they love to get up there in the mix and just slice and dice. They are just, they're, they're happy. That's a good thing. Dr. Budster. Has there been any word of the Javelins getting different ultimates, or is this the one? They have toyed with the idea of doing new ultimates, yes. I think it's very easy to see how they are smartly limiting both the abilities you can get, as well as the fact that the ultimates have a very clear purpose and feel, and they could repurpose that later on. I mean, I could see them doing a... A, a, a bomb strike from the from the Colossus that you mark similar to the mortar strike, but instead, I mean, a gigantic bomb just comes down and drops tantamount to the way that the Storm's ult comes down. And you would trade the three shots for the one big shot, but the area of effect might be worth it. You see what I'm saying? Like, just on a one, you know, just Colossus, I could see them doing that. Uh... I could see them doing something with the ranger very similar that instead of the multi-missile barrage it's like this multi-ensnaring barrage so like you get this huge damage area of effect priming effect going on where it doesn't really control the crowd but it primes them for a combo and you're like I don't know there's a lot of things they could do Sven Rage says forgive me if it's been asked but with the Grandmaster ranks being fully available now at launch do you think Endgame will feel more rushed than before? I think this is a mistake that gamers are making that you would have never made in the past. I think the dawn of Twitch streaming has created a a vicarious opinion-forming experience, right? I'm having to really weave together a lot of words there. You experience the game vicariously through the hardcore player, and at the end of week three, you're like, well, so-and-so, no life the game, they've already beaten all the stuff, man, game's already dead, nothing to do. Wait, hold the phone. Did you do that? Did you play for ten hours a day for three weeks? No, you didn't? Where are you in the grand scheme of progression? Oh, nowhere near where they are? doesn't matter there's something there's like this vicarious experience sharing thing that happens and then people form these opinions like oh there's nothing left to do you're not what what are you talking about and then you add up the hours it took for that person to get there and you're like okay let's be reasonable how many players are going to play at that at that level very few stretch that out for a casual and that's months of content but it doesn't matter they're 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 in the mix they you know they feel like they've experienced it they forget that there's entire days and blocks of time that they don't watch right there's entire you watch somebody get to the end game and beat grandmaster three and you're like well that didn't take long three weeks jeez two weeks (laughs) gamers are games already dead i guess well right 
you're missing everything that went into that. It took weeks of work. It took long periods of time. It took grind. It took good RNG. It took it took other players playing at the same speed so they could go into Grandmaster two and three. You see what I'm saying? So, um. I think that's a good thing and a bad thing, right? There's two sides to the coin. It's cool to have the community sharing the experiences, but it's bad if it sort of, in a vicarious way, makes you think that the end game is short-sighted because you know how long it's going to take you to get to that level. Lightning Joe, do you need friends for this game? No, there's matchmaking for every single activity. Uh, the Kraz, what time on the 22nd goes live? I don't know. How about the 22nd? Excuse me. Down Thunder. Thanks for taking the time to answer questions as far as the end game. Are there raids planned or does it follow the more dungeon strike format? Uh, I already answered this. They said that there is raid level content planned. That's the only phrase that I have seen uttered by Bioware uh, employees. J. Christ, I typically only play first person shooter games. What third person shooter game would you recommend I play to get used to the mechanics of something like Anthem? I can't recommend anything to you. I mean, you could play Titanfall and run around on a Titan and it would kind of get you used to the way the Colossus feels. There are no third-person games that feel like this. I'm dead serious. I'm not trying to be like a hype man. I have played Division. I have played Gears of War. I have played PUBG. I have played Fortnite. I have played Mass Effect. There you go. Not bad. Thank you, Niji Wave. That's a pretty good one. Mass Effect Andromeda is going to give you a feel for what it feels like. Not Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. Probably Mass Effect Andromeda. Now, Mass Effect Andromeda is not the greatest game in the world. It had it had issues. It wasn't phenomenal. Uh, but that would be a decent game. I don't know what its price is. I think it's part of the loot. Isn't it part of EA Vault now? Can you, can't you play it with EA Access and Premiere? Um... So you could try out Andromeda. My concern about recommending Andromeda is that game had quality of life problems and issues that made it not that enjoyable, and I would be concerned you would go and play that and form a bad opinion about the game. Listen, you can try the game with EA Access or Origin Premiere. You can't try it on PlayStation. I'm telling you right now, I, as soon as I got done with the tutorial with the ranger, I was like, the movement in this game is freaking dope, and it's intuitive. They get you right in there, and it feels good. It doesn't feel like it's difficult. They have done a, I think they do a very good job acclimating you to the movement, and there'll be other tutorials in the main game for combos to not just inc- in, you know, educate you on the movement, but also educate you on the combat as well. I would just be very scared and nervous about being like, yeah, go play Andromeda, and you play it for a couple hours, I'm like, this game sucks. And then you're going to think, oh, Anthem's going to suck, the movement is fill in the blank. So, take that, take everything I just said with a grain of salt, because everyone's different, but I had heard that it was clunky, I had heard the controls had issues, so I went to the capture event nervous that the game experience wasn't going to feel fluid and fun, and within... 10 minutes of the tutorial not even 10 minutes within a minute or two of the tutorial I was like this game feels good and this is coming from a veteran of Quake 2 and Quake 3 and Unreal Tournament and and Destiny like I don't play games that don't feel crisp and good and I'll give you an example Defiance 
is a fantastic game that they're kind of trying to bring back and 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 make fun again but man that game doesn't feel good it feels dated and clunky and bad so take that for what it's worth Ganks says maybe I missed something but has the main storyline and plot been revealed uh, very tenuously been revealed but not significantly no secret ghost with the next question let me take a drink though if they add a raid like if they add raid like content do you think it will be set at Grandmaster 3 by default or have the option of Grandmaster 1 through 3 I'd assume they would make raid content the hardest to complete like Grandmaster 3 I actually think that they would um, I actually think that they would probably have the difficulty spectrum in there I don't know that's like a really really good question I'm actually curious how they're going to handle that um so anthem is the definition of a game where none of the people making it actually wanted to do it man it's so weird that you know every person that works for bioware and you know their their business structure their vision casting and their philosophy for game creation that's interesting that you you know all of that who are you um I'll be interested to see how they pull off raid content if they suddenly abandon the difficulty spectrum I would find that to be odd I would find it to be odd that you launch into all content with a difficulty spectrum and then suddenly it's gone for raids now or or raid level content they have said raid level content so again let's just wait and see it would be to me I think weird for there suddenly to be that difficulty spectrum absent from just one part of the game so Z Prima are you disappointed that the next difficulty is just an increase in health and power for enemies I would like to see some variety in enemy behavior or at least something else than just a health change also second question what stops players from running the shortest stronghold on max difficulty over and over uh, to max loot drop chance it's a really good uh, question first devs indicated in a stream according to people in my chat they indicated in a stream that the enemies will behave differently on the harder difficulties there's other attacks and things I guess that they have that they either don't do or do less often or whatever they will change their behavior in the higher difficulties Um, your second question I here's the thing you have to remember speed is not everything I would think the difference between running one stronghold on let's say let's say you get to grandmaster 1 and you're wanting to grind grandmaster 1 i happen to think that the difference between the strongholds at grandmaster 1 is not going to be so ridiculously obvious that like oh this one we can do in 10 minutes and this one is 20 minutes i think you're going to be talking about like you know how like there's margin of error i think there's going to be margin of completion I think at every Grandmaster level, every stronghold will have a margin of completion where, sure, this one we're averaging 12 minutes, and this one we're averaging 15 minutes, but at that point, who the frick cares? Like, if you're wanting some variety, you're wanting to change things up, also, different abilities are going to be, you know, at at different strengths of efficiency depending on the enemies, right? Because certain abilities didn't do anything to the bugs, like acid, they seem to resist, but they seem more susceptible to fire. 
So I, I would think just the natural inclination of the player to enjoy variety would keep you from being like, no, just do this one. 12 minutes, 12 minutes, 12 minutes. If the difference between each each stronghold is a matter of a few minutes. Now, if they do get to a point where this stronghold is being done in 7 minutes and the other strongholds are 15, like it's you can literally do this stronghold twice in the time of another one, that's something that they're going to have to look at. You also have to consider what if... What if length of time is not necessarily about efficiency, but it's about how long the actual stronghold is? They could have clear indications and differences between the strongholds because every time you complete a section, a chest pops. Well, oh, we're beating this one in 10 minutes. Okay, well, this one's longer and takes 17 minutes, but it has two more chest drops. So you got to measure that and, and weight that as a player. Personally, I don't think you're going to see people just running Tyrant Mine or Free Play over and over and over and over and over again. I think people are going to pivot between the various ones and and enjoying the variety. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think I don't think that's going to be like an oversight. Oh, whoops! You know, loot divided by time will determine the most efficient stronghold. Sure, sure, but maybe, maybe, maybe. Bioware is going to say Stronghold 2 is on average going to take a little bit longer but you're going to see maybe a a better propensity for good loot. Stronghold 3 is going to take even a little bit longer and you're going to see maybe even a little bit more propensity for good loot. So sure, you may get more drops every 10 minutes if you run the easy Stronghold but you also might get a lot more whites and greens. I'm not saying they're going to say that, but I'm, I, I am saying if they're if they internally know there's going to be a dramatic difference between the strongholds, one could have intrinsically just better drops because of the challenge of the enemies. So we'll have to wait and see. I do think when a content loop gets whittled down into the basics, like a loot cave or oh, just run fl- free play. If you keep reinstancing into free play, you can kill this titan really fast, and he drops three or four things. And at this difficulty, you can do you can kill him ten times in the amount of time that you run a stronghold, and he's a better loot payout than the strongholds. Well, that'll be a problem that'll have to be addressed. So hopefully, they were smart about loot drops being tied to challenge. Uh, Lord Patherix, do you think a Paragon system like Diablo 3 would be a good addition to Anthem? Why type of stats should we have affected by the Paragon system? Well, here's the thing. I can't speak to the, the goodness or the badness or the helpfulness of systems like this until we're really in the game for a while. Right? I, in, until I really, really start to see the end game loop and what I'm chasing and what I feel like is, is incentivizing my loot pursuit, I don't really see this being a, a worthy discussion until then. I think your question's great, but I think it's just a little early. A Paragon system might not work at all in this game because they're going to have an ever-increasing experience. And then you'd hit certain Paragon levels before DLC gets out and it could nullify the challenges of those DLCs, raid content, cataclysms, etc. So it might have no, it might have zero place in this game or, or every season in Cataclysm could bring, bring more bumps to not just your overall gear score level, but to your overall, like a Paragon level. We, I don't know. It could have a place. It could not. 
Um, so, by the way, if you're tuning in, this is a live broadcast. The game's not live. It's a recording. I use my hands a lot to kind of like give you a visual cue. This is a type of content I do on a regular basis. I would typically be playing the game and taking your questions. I want to give you a good interactive style of stream when I play games like this. So if you like this style of stream, click the follow button. I don't always have us in this scene. I do go full screen for gameplay most of the time. And then I do a segment like this called SNTR Presents. If you're enjoying the content, the free and easy way to support what I do is just to click the follow button. That's the little heart button. Next question. Galaxy Beams. How do you feel about crossover content like Monster Hunter having uh, DMZ, DMC Street Fighter and such content? Do you think that that could boost Anthem audience or push away uh, some would see it as a gimmick? I, I'm fairly certain that there's going to be some N, N7 uh, skins, which if you're not familiar with that, that would be right out of Mass Effect. Uh, so there's going to be some M- M- N7 stuff, but I don't know if they're going to do anything more than that. I thought for sure we saw screenshots of um, N7, you know, uh, cosmetics, but I don't see them doing anything other than that. Or, yeah, like an N7 vinyl, I think it's going to be is something that we saw. I could see them doing a javelin that is built completely around kind of the way you could catch yourself as Shepard, but I kind of feel like the Rangers already already doing that. I don't know. I don't know. No, Anthem is not on Steam. It's in the Origin launcher. Coolings said, "Will there be an item will there be a item limit also any news microtransaction prices?" I don't know what you mean by item limit. I don't think there's an item limit on what you can carry back. There might be. I don't know. I mean, eventually you got to go back to Fort anyway. But uh, as far as trans micro microtransaction prices, no, we don't we don't know those yet. They did say on the subject of microtransactions, um, 300 volt space in the demo. There you go. So 300 volt space. So eventually you got to go back and kind of clear things out. They did say on Twitter that they will be giving you a pretty good chunk of gold coin when you first get into the game. Gold coin is what you use to purchase the cosmetics. That's an internal and earnable currency, okay? They said don't spend it all at once because you are going to want to really make sure you know which javelin you like the best. And I think they mean don't spend it all at once because I don't think you're going to replenish it super fast, right? That's the big question. Earn rate. What is the earn rate? How fast can I get cosmetics? That question still remains unanswered. I don't think price of cosmetics is the real issue. I think earn rate is the issue. For those that have zero desire in spending money, how quickly can they obtain the items in the game that they paid full price for? That's the primary question that we should be asking. L Castaway, do you feel like people will need to learn weaknesses and strongholds like with the spider boss in the demo? It seemed that fire was able to combo, but I couldn't get any other types of combo. There are going to be weaknesses and strengths dependent upon your loadout as well as abilities that I do believe, yes, will need to be sniffed out. There's a lot of raw damage abilities, impact abilities that seem to have zero purpose in the content we played in the demo, but they could have a purpose in the fully launched game. So... J. Christ, do they have anything similar to exotics in Destiny? That's what legendaries are. So masterworks are basically the way that it tiers. You have the white, green, blue, just like in Destiny. Okay, white, green, blue, and then there's the then then there's the purple. That's epic. You get epic, and then there's two beyond epic. Okay, so in Destiny, when you get the purple, there's only one thing beyond purple. Well, kind of not. There's 
pinnacle weapons within the purple gear in Destiny, and then there's exotics, okay? In Anthem, once you get to purple, above that is Masterwork, and then above that is Legendary. Masterwork, I think, is tripping people up. Masterwork is an actual tier of loot drop that's like a, a like a brownish-orange, and then the very, very tippity-top is like a lime green, like a lime green-yellow, so... Rogue Calypso, do you think there we will be enough intention in the grind for high-level gear? With five inscriptions available on each piece of gear, the potential for customization is incredible, but the odds of getting all five inscriptions you want seem slim. As far as I've seen, there is no reroll or infusion to ease potential RNG pain. Well, there is, but not in the way that you think. This is what crafting is for. So, once you unlock a blueprint for, I think you can, I think you can craft everything but legendary. So, you can craft up to masterwork. So, that's a way to ease the pain, is to be like, okay, I've unlocked the blueprint for this, this gun or this ability, and then you craft to get the better inscriptions. Now, I don't exactly know how you meet that pain point with legendary. If you're trying to get a legendary... Uh, let's just say a flamethrower. If I want to get a legendary flamethrower for my Colossus, and it takes forever to get, I keep getting legendaries for... That's what happened when I was there at the capture event. I got two legendaries while I was there, and one was for the Ranger, and one was for the Interceptor. Okay? So if it takes me a really, really long time to get legendaries, and then the legendary that I get for the Colossus is not the flamethrower, it's some ability I have zero interest in, that's when I think some of the RNG could frustrate build intention like man i really would love to just get a good you know railgun or flamethrower at a, at a legendary level beyond masterwork i don't know if they're going to start to maybe give some level of loot intentionality at that level or if you're just literally going to be at the mercy of rng i'm sh- i'm curious how they're going to do that because you could play for with the number of, of with, with how much variety is here um, now legendaries have six inscriptions so maybe legendaries are more likely to kind of give you some of the things that you want I don't know uh, T. Bear, T. Bear Garrett uh, who gets access this Thursday EA access uh, subscribers on Xbox get 10 hours of access uh, regular old Origin subscribers get 10 hours of access. Origin Premiere subscribers get unlimited access to the game. J. Christ, I'm on Xbox and I get it, but I think only getting 10 hours is kind of an insult. I, I don't know how this is an insult because I just I think so much of the frustration over the launch stuff is based on mi- like a lack of information. I don't want to say it's based on ignorance because that sounds like I'm trying to insult you. So I'm going to say it's based on a lack of information. First and foremost, you need to know that all EA titles go through this. Every EA title that launches, if you have EA access, you get early access for 10 hours. The game doesn't launch until the 22nd. So it's not an insult. You are getting early access for 10 hours. And again, the lion's share of the gaming community 10 hours if they play a couple hours a night that's almost a full week of play sessions that's 5 days of play sessions 
So the launch date's the twenty second. Early access is part of EA's EA's structure with EA Access. It has nothing to do with Anthem. It's how they handle all of their games. Coolings. If you miss loot, will there be a system like Destiny Mailbox to retrieve lost loot? Yes. Pretty sure everything under purple, though, you've got to pick up. They did indicate that. So purple and up will will be a protected drop, but if it's blue and down, blue, green, and, and I'm sorry, uh, yeah, blue, green, and white, you've got to make sure and pick up. Uh, those things will not go to, like, your your collection of loot if you DC or quit or whatever. I don't even know. I think if you quit all the gear, even purple on the ground doesn't go. I don't know. That's actually, I'm curious about that. Um, thank you for 10 months. Uh, I'm Melee. Uh, Body Bags says, do you think that Division uh, Anthem will be better than Division 2? I don't really think they're comparable. I think comparing them is helpful in highlighting differences for the sake of player preference but I don't think comparing them with respect to saying which one's better is helpful. It's kind of like asking which fighting game is better, Mortal Kombat or Killer Instinct. They're completely different games. They're both fighting games, but Killer Instinct and Mortal Kombat appealed to completely different crowds of people, and being good at one was not necessarily a guarantee of being good at another. You know, so... I, I actually think the games are are complementary to each other and I think Division can learn a lot from what makes Anthem so fun and I think increasing abilities, rhythm, and power in Division is something that would make the game significantly better. Thank you for the 100 bits, Jchrist. Sorry, I thought it was only available for 10 hour block, not I get 10 hours to play up until launch. No, yeah. It's 10 hours of playtime. So, yeah, 10 hours only that day would be kind of ridiculous. Jocks, regarding the pilot skill tree that has been removed for rework, do you think they will add it as a post-level cat progression? I thought the pilot thing got retooled as the mod components. I don't know if this is something that's coming back. Seems like it might be something that is uh, that is back in the game in the way of mod components. I didn't fo- I didn't follow the game from like super early on, so I, I went back. I have a first impressions video from 2017. So, you know, a year and a half ago, whenever we first saw a trailer, and it's interesting, like, how on point I was with some of my observations about, I remember in the video, I say, it doesn't look gun-based, it looks abilities-based. I talked about how the flying looked like it was on rails, which ended up not being true. Um, I talked about how it looked like it was co-op based like you'll always be able to go places with four players that like that i said like that'll be the fire team size but i didn't follow it enough to know like what they've done with the pl- the 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 pilot skills um so j christ i had an experience in free play i would try to fly away from the world event and it would keep forcing me back that was probably just server side problems you know i mean i had something weird happening the other day in division i think it was just server side problems Angry Pete, do you know if there is geographic matchmaking? I tried Apex Legends the other day. I ended up being screamed at in a language that may have been Swedish. Uh, I don't recommend it. Well, I mean, Apex is a bad example because they're, I mean, they're just trying to make sure everything's running. So, I mean, Apex hit 
I, I don't know if anything has grown at the level of Apex with the, what the 10 million, the 10 million players in you know how many days it took. So they're just trying to throw people in. Most of the time when you matchmake in a game like this, you're going to go onto a dedicated server within your region and other people will as well. So down thunder obviously we will have limited experience with high level content but does it feel like having a variety of javelins in a group is required to complete higher difficulty content I mean I don't think you're going to want to go in with all interceptors I don't think you're going to want to go in with all colossus um, because they all have their own limitations As good as you think, like, Storm and Interceptor is, you start playing hard content and you're priming stuff and you're not getting the big, the big boom boom combos from a Colossus, you might start to feel that. You might start to feel a lack of, uh, a lack of crowd control. You know, you start playing, you know, hard endgame content, you don't have a Ranger in there who's consistently hitting combos and using his ult to, you know, to manage the crowd. Well, like you, that might become a pain point. It might not. I don't know. A four-man storm team would probably be pretty good, but again, if you're missing out on that, that th- those benefits from the aura on the interceptor, the benefits from the you know the era, the area of effect on a colossus, like these are all things that that have their have their place. Because listen, your effectiveness with a storm and, and getting, you know, priming everything and deading from the sky. Do you know how much more effective a storm is when all that deading is getting all that? I'm sorry. All that priming is getting detonated by a by a colossus because of the big, huge area of effect and everything literally dies. So I don't think it's going to be as simple as, you know, you need one of each. But I think there's definitely going to be play styles that say you play this way, you need you need this type of javelin and build to kind of complement your play style. Because if you're playing a little bit more drawn back and you need those combos, then I think that you're gonna you're gonna want those those storms, those interceptors and those rangers in there. The question's going to be are there gonna be OP builds for you know, like a like a interceptor or a storm. Are there going to be builds that are so strong that you don't even need to run other classes? You just all run those. That, that you know, and then you're gonna. Your question is then well made. Shouldn't it be kind of designed to have one of each? You know, Shim Shimoru, Shimoruku, Shimoroku. Do you think they will have or should have a stronghold playlist where you don't have to requeue to continue farming? Oh, so like you don't have to like go back. I'm the only reason I think they do it the way they do it now is because it's in line with the kind of the harmony of the game. You get some loot, you go back, you get your loot, you check it, you dismantle it, you kind of adjust your build. Now, if you just want to stay in and keep running, it would be cool if they had a button you could press and hold. Like at the end of a stronghold, like requeue for another run, and you could just press the button. But I don't think they're going to do that because you literally come out, you see the amount of experience points you got from that stronghold, the amount of awards you got, and then you see the amount of loot drops. I think that screen is important. So maybe after that screen, you could say, requeue into another. Like, just throw me into another one. You know, I got I got 10 pieces of loot. Great. Let's do another. The Kraz. If Anthem does 
season similar to Diablo 3, what would be a character reset? Uh, would you be for a character reset each season or keep your current character and gear? I mean, I don't know if they have plans to reset the character. Um, you know, if they do the seasons with Diablo 3, what I would think would end up happening is all these new abilities would come into the game and you could chase them and completely change your experience. So instead of running flamethrower, you know, lightning coil, there could be a new, like, a new bomb dropper, and then instead of, uh, instead of, like, you're using your, like, your auto cannon, there could be an actual, like, deployable, like, minigun that comes out and is, is way stronger than your auto cannon. I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying ideas off the top of my head. I feel like the abilities are intentionally restrictive. You have, you have two, you have an LB and an RB ability. Each of those only have five possible things that you can get. I could see that getting much higher. I could see every season or, or cataclysm or whatever the frick adding, you know, two or three abilities per javelin instead of being like, oh, we're going to reset us. I don't think that, I don't think the resetting would work in the, in line with what they're doing. Arkham. I heard that controller could be better than mouse and keyboard. Is that uh, does the PS4 DualShock work with this game? Please and thank you. I I'm fairly certain you can do. You can just plug your PlayStation controller in and use it. I found controller to be very intuitive and, and very good. I found it to be very good. By the way, this is a live broadcast, guys. I'm not playing. This is a recording of footage, but this is what I do when I play games. I switch scenes to this segment, and I take your questions and discuss discuss things with you if you like this style of like interactive radio show this is something i'm going to be doing with division i do it with destiny i'll do it with anthem please click follow so you can enjoy this content that's a free and easy way to support me thank you so much for being here we're all excited about anthem uh it'll be here in just a couple of days so um and a new sub from ginger thank you so much ginger (laughs) i like that uh seeker goes follow up from a previous question do you think it is likely that they'll add a difficulty for raid-like content like a Grandmaster 4, or do you think they'll leave Grandmaster 3? Now, I know they've toyed with the idea of doing Grandmaster difficulties beyond beyond 3, and maybe that's what they're toying with. Well, when we launch raid-style content, the, the hardcore grinders are going to want the difficulty to be higher than what they're accustomed, so that raid content would land with... You know, easy, normal, hard, Grandmaster 1 through 3, and then would also introduce Grandmaster 4 to the game world. So you could go into the new raid content and play it at 4. I don't know. I I think that's a good question. I just think speculation at this point is all we can do because they've just hinted at, they just said they wanted, they, they have plans to do raid level content. You know, that's all, that's all they've said. So we'll just have to wait. Short change hero, nothing to do with Endgame, however. I would love to hear your opinion why gamers are bashing Anthem because it's made by EA and has microtransactions, but on the other hand, we are praising Apex even though it's also made by EA and has a worse microtransaction model. This is actually an observation that I've made a couple of times already, and I think this is a very important observation to make in the, in the stage of our gaming journey that we're going through as a gaming community. What happened with Apex Legends is proof that a lot of the angst, anger, rage, and manufactured controversy is, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors to generate clicks on YouTube more than anything. Okay? Let's just call a spade a spade. Most of the microtransactions hate, most of the criticism lobbied at Anthem 
is manufactured controversy for people to get money on YouTube from clickbait. So their self-righteousness, their 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 self-aggrandizing is humorous in light of the fact that they're making funny on misinformation and clickbait titles and and they're, and and they're trying to act like they're these they're these brazen self-righteous they're 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 out there fighting the good fight for gamers okay there was internal leaks that got put out there before the new apex legends hit the ground running and these internal leaks indicated that the vision they had for apex legends was one where we cannot promote this game before it launches people will criticize it and not give it a chance because it has loot boxes it's a free game with loot boxes and you can earn the loot boxes at a very very healthy clip as far as i could if far as far as i could tell you can earn them at a pretty good clip but they knew they knew and said if if people see this game before it comes out they're going to criticize it before it launches So the fact that Apex Legends lands on the community, lands on the gaming world at large, becomes this praised, everyone, everyone is just, just, oh, it's so good, it's so great, what a great game, and it has loot boxes in it, right? So the game if you comp- if you contrast that to anthem a game that is you can try it there was two demos that you can you can tr- do a trial period if you don't like it you don't have to buy it it has microtransactions that are totally optional earnable off to the side cosmetic only and all future dlc will be free and the dialogue about anthem has been toxic it has been presumptively hateful and angry because oh it's and then e- and as i said as I said, EA is the scapegoat. I think people just like to deal in manufactured controversy. It's good for business on YouTube clicks. It's good for business on making yourself seem like you're a man, you're a man or woman of the people. People think that you're out there fighting a good fight, anti, you know, anti, you know, uh, big, you know, all these big companies. Conspiracy and generalizing is not a good color on you. I mean, what are you talking about? There were, I literally saw before Apex Legends came out, they basically said the reason that they surprised us with this is because they knew it was going to be hotly criticized if it didn't come out, if it didn't, if it did, if it didn't come out as a surprise. I want you to really question and ask why Apex Legends launched the way that it did. No game has ever launched that way. No, no, shh, shh, no, shh, 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 shh. Yeah, in three days. Haha, <laughs> whoops. Shh, shh, shh. Boom, and it lands, and it's like everyone's playing it, and it's the highest viewed game on Twitch, and they hit three days of 10 million players. This isn't conspiracy. It was the, it was the launch model of Apex Legends. The launch model of Apex Legends was to literally surprise the gaming community. Why? I mean, how hard is it to look at what's happening to Anthem and not question that you can't the mob can ruin a game before it gets out of the, it gets out of port the the mob the mob can the mob can ruin a game before it gets out of port i don't know how you can watch what happened to anthem and look at the launch date of apex and not clearly see that a gaming the, the gaming community can actually harm a game's launch and hurt a game based off of misinformation you, let's deal let's deal in facts then if you think I'm just being a conspiracy theorist, 
let's just deal in facts. YouTube has been overrun with misinformation and misrepresentation of microtransactions in Anthem to manufacture outrage and anger, and many of the titles were clickbait, okay? Even after the information came out clarifying everything, those videos are still some of the most watched videos about Anthem setting the tone. That's a fact. Those things happen, okay? Anthem has been hotly criticized and speculated about how there's not going to be enough endgame. Plenty of videos, plenty of tweets, plenty of Reddit threads talking about there's not going to be enough endgame. The game's not even out yet. They let you play it. Let's deal in fact. There's been more streams and more transparency from Bioware prior to the launch of this game than there was for Apex Legends. Apex Legends. There were no streams. There was no transparency. There was no discussion about the microtransactions. There was no discussion about the loot box model. Let's just deal in facts. Apex launched completely differently and everyone's just like praising it. It's a great game. I think it's awesome. I think Respawn hit a freaking home run. I think Respawn avoided the 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 promotion marketing cycle of of hate that comes with all the EA baggage and they just avoided all of that and just launched a good game. So, you don't need to you don't need to be a conspiracy theorist to see there's a world of difference between the way the games have been received and talked about and yet they both have cosmetic microtransactions well apex legends is free the 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 model for dlc and expansions for for anthem is a free model after the launch date so you're it's a very 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 similar comparison Fortnite launches a surprise too? No, it didn't. Fortnite BR launches a surprise, but it was still talked about, and it was still thrown into a game with an existing microtransactions model that was in early access. Fortnite was not a surprise. Fortnite launches an early access game where you can become a founder to play the PvE. They added BR as a surprise game mode, but the microtransaction model was well in place in Fortnite up to that point. It wasn't like a surprise again that's a bad contrast because the microtransaction structure in Fortnite was already in place there was already a microtransaction store with loot boxes in the PVE of Fortnite it was already in there so when they surprised us with BR there was no context to be like well we better be on guard for the Fortnite I'm, I'm sorry we better be on guard for the microtransactions the contrast that we're making right now is a game launched with loot boxes and another game launches with earnable buyable cosmetics with in-game currency, no loot boxes and the game with loot boxes is being praised because it took us by surprise and there wasn't an opportunity for things to be criticized before it launched. There was no narrative of criticism and manufactured controversy before Apex Legends came out. Hot Fudge do you think there will be an auction system or trading system? No, I don't think so. I think auction uh, auction houses and trading systems are apps. Like it is literally a disease in a, in a in a loot based game. It just it corrupts. You don't want that in there. It's like an infection. You don't want an auction house and you don't want trading. Trust me. I'm Trencher. For the people who pre-ordered Anthem on PC but don't have Origin Premiere, how does early access work through them? Because I it says I get to play a week early. I'm fairly certain that as long if you pre-ordered, you get the 10 hours, I believe. Somebody in chat might have to correct me here. I think pre-order is the automatic early access, but unlimited early access, you need Premiere. I'm fairly certain. I think 10 hours comes in a variety of ways. EA access, the regular origin subscription, or pre-order. But I don't think your pre-order is, a, is, a, is an unlimited access. I think you need Premiere. Uh, only Origin Basic is 10 hours on Xbox or PC. 
So even if you pre-order, if you don't have Origin Basic, do you not get early access? I thought you were. I thought you got one week early as long as you just pre-ordered, but there was a limited time. Basic is ten hours. Premiere is one week early. Well, they're both a week early, but one's ten hours and one's unlimited. Pre-order got the beta access. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm getting confused. That's right. You got the VIP. VIP demo came from pre-ordering. The only way to get early access is to have one of their subscription tiers. EA Access on Xbox, Origin Basic, or Origin Premiere. Okay? Only way to get Unlimited is through the Premiere on PC. EA Access and Origin Basic gets you the 10 hours. And again, for a casual player, 10 hours might be more than enough to get you through that first week. Uh, F. Logan. I can't see three strongholds, main missions, and free play holding my interest for too long in the end game. The Diablo 3 end game never interested me, while Destiny's raids are engaging enough to keep me interested. Do you see a player like me leaving after a month and potentially coming back? I mean, first of all, I think you're ignoring the contracts that raise your rep and unlock blueprints. You're missing the legendary contracts. You're also missing the cataclysms. You're also missing the fact that every single piece of the game maintains its relevancy through difficulty spectrum. Now, if you're going to try and claim that the Destiny raids are engaging enough to keep you interested, I'm, I'm going to struggle to take that at face value. I don't know that many people that kept playing Destiny just because of the raids now if you're loot pursuing sure because that's the only place to get it i guess a lot of people did they booted up they ran their raids and then they stopped playing my question to you would be is that the most ideal way for you to engage with the game long term boot up and play a raid three times and then shut down and not touch destiny if the raids were the only thing that kept you interested then that's how is that not a more narrow end game right how is that not how is that not more how is that not a narrow end game? You're just running a raid and that's it? I mean in this you can take the difficulty level up to match where you are in free play in all of the strongholds, all three strongholds, when you're doing contracts, legendary contracts, when you're working on the challenges, and then there's the cataclysms. That seems like a far broader, more varied end game that maintains its relevancy to you and in Destiny you're only running raids a raid each week three times max and then you're done so if listen if that's your sentimentality as a player and you look at this end game and you think it's going to be booty cheeks then don't play but i think just quantitatively we can say with some level of confidence there's going to be a whole lot more going on in anthem's end game than just running a raid a couple of times a week for a drop and then not getting it so I would I would I would be I would be more more often to push you to say wait and see if you like the end game and then make those make that judgment call then but if you're wanting a lot of different things to do to keep you engaged I just I don't know I feel like they've got a lot of things on this list Hammer says, do you think we will ever have the ability in-game to change already obtained weapons and abilities in Anthem? No, I hope they never let you do that. That's not what this game is about. 
This game is about keeping things moving, doing combos with your team, and getting through the content. And there's so much min-maxing and stat comparisons that would go on. All the navel-gazing, loot-gazing would be incredibly frustrating. The entire game is match-made, and you wouldn't want your experience to be hindered by somebody who got a bunch of good drops and is just freaking standing there looking at his loot. You want things to keep moving, you want things to kind of keep on progressing. There's a rhythm to this game, and a lot of it is contingent upon the team moving together, doing combos. You get your drops, go to the next section, do your combos, and then you go back to the fort and you look at all your stuff. There's something really exciting too about going back to the fort and just seeing that mountain of loot. I think I think a big loot drop at the end of the boss fight is needed though. We need a loot explosion or a chest to make it clear that it's worth going to the last boss. So, if you're here live right now, this is a segment I do from time to time. Uh, The game's not live, but I'm live taking your questions. We're going to be doing this all week, and we're also going to be doing this even after the launch of Anthem. I do this in Destiny. I'll be doing it in Division as well. If you like the interactive radio style where you get to take part in the content and submit your questions, be sure to click the follow button. That's the little heart button. That's a free way to support me. If... Uh, you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube. You can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I may be live right now when you're listening to this. Come on in and see if I am. If I'm not, you can always click the follow button, and that's a free way to support what I do. As always, I appreciate you listening or watching my content in other locations. If you're here live right now, I'm not shutting down. I'm just doing an outro for the podcast. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.